This here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at the uncannyexperience.com. Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Daryl. And hey, he's... I'm Chad from Green Balkan Lane. Wow. Yay. Wow. Um we're here for a very 90s issue. Um everything about this screams 90s. I actually had this brand new in the bag already before we began the season. Um it is or was from a Subway promotion where they were giving out comics at Subway um, because it was the 90s. So they had a lot of extra copies of things. So they got rid of them any way they could. And this was still in that like giveaway bag. Oh, this issue is one that I'm going to have a lot of words about. I will try to contain them. You've had me on your show a few times recently and it's been easy to be succinct. This one I love. I love this issue. There's it's X Force Annual Number Two. Um, I had never read '90s X Force before this issue. I started collecting X Force in '91. It was my first title I picked up. Fabian Nicieza on this book with this like mercenary team of mutants who are fighting back and going hard. I love this era. I love these characters with all of my heart. And this this is a full story like some of these annuals um in the past that we've discussed some of the main stories didn't even last half of the 64 pages that is in every single corner box of the covers and and this goes to the 60s this goes to page 60 and then we get you know a couple pinups um always um but that's it we yeah it's only pinups yeah, there's no backup story. This is all killer, no filler. So, Chad, do you want to get us started? Yeah, so this is a special for a number of reasons. So uh, X-Force in this era was like breaking out from Xavier's dream. They're like fighting back. Think of it, if we're using like a, like a queer analogy, it's instead of like trying to peacefully get along, we're like now claiming our space. We're going to like push back and like make sure we are heard. And they're doing it with violence and swords and lots of flashy colors. So on the, on the cover, you get the classic team from this era. It's Cable with his glowy eye and giant gun. Sunspot has rejoined the team. He's all black with his like uh, red mask. Uh, Meltdown, or no, she's not Meltdown yet. This is Boom Boom uh, in her Boomer era, or her OK Boomer era. Yes. The bright, like, 
pink and yellow, like bubblegum costume, Richter in his long hair, uh, green glowy hands, Warpath is like massive in his like low cut uh, bare shoulders, like red uniform with the feathers in his hair, uh, Shatterstar in his red and white with his like flowy ponytail and swords. We also get the first appearance of Adam X, the extreme, who is a fan favorite, uh, like x-men ancillary character who there was a lot of mystery around fabian you has got to touch this character a number of times in weird places most recently in x-men legends where he we learn his true origins but this is his official first appearance and he gets a a two-part story in x-men right after this as well as an x-force uh and then he kind of becomes this background weird character that everybody thinks is a summer's brother for a long time uh you can hear the passion in my voice on this one like i get, I get excited about this comic book it's a lot of fun You want to go through the yeah. So uh, the the layout, just to talk about layout for comic books for a second, we go opposite for these full page spreads several times in this story, and the first page is actually one of these double page spreads that's vertical rather than horizontal. So you have to physically turn your comic book, um, or if you're reading it digitally. Um, it's probably appearing quite small um, with the text bubbles so that you can really take everything in. And um, we see Extreme in his first appearance on the first page, um, jumping into action. And he has a lot of a lot of blades on his outfit. He, he's got them on his shoulders, on his like uh, gauntlet things, on his forearms, on his thighs. Yeah, he's, he's got very, some spikes even on the side of his calf, it looks like. You would not want to hug him. No. He, he also has like three hairstyles. <laughs> he's got like, he's like thick, like rat- feathered hair, also massive ponytail, also like little wispy braids that come out the side. He's very 90s and kind of has like a unique movement to him. He It's like he slices through the air when he's jumping around and moving. This character, people love him for a reason, even though he's not used a lot. I feel like he has a goatee on this page too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my. Um, he's chasing after a mutant, um, Michelle Balters, and she's on the run. He's hunting her. We don't know quite why yet. And they have a lot of and it, some past happening between the two of them. Like they were friends. Yeah, like t- I really don't want to force you to come back with me. Like, don't make me commit violence. Just come back peacefully. Uh, Antonio Daniels is on pencils here, and it's good. It's very 90s-ish, but X-Force attacks, and, uh, you know, they sensed a mutant in danger. This girl, Michelle, her codename we'll learn in a while is Neurotap, so they are there to help her. Extreme just kicks the shit out of them. He is jumping all over the place. He's cutting them up. He's avoiding all of them, which is the classic example of when you have uh, too many heroes trying to fight one guy, and he's just bouncing around and using you against each other. He's dodging all the things and they somehow garner all these little nicks and cuts um, as they keep trying to to knock out Adam X. And uh, before we get to why he's nicking and cutting them, I just want to say the double page spread where it's the entire X-Force team. This is a great example of an annual trying to introduce readers new to the title to what's going on. Um, there's just a short description of what everyone's power is. Um, Shatterstar's blades, yeah. Richter's quake powers. 
the boomers plas plasm bursts um i was gonna say plasma but it's plasm um it, it does a good job of being an annual like it's a dynamic cover it's bright colors i'm picking this up for the first time and here's who the team is so the reader doesn't feel like they're left behind going into it if they don't know who these people are although why wouldn't they because x-force issue number one was like one of the top selling comics of all time so um so Adam's, but, Adam's power is to, if he nicks you and oxygen hits your blood, he can then like flash fry you, he like zaps you. It's like a, it's like a big giant taser, but he has to cut you first, which is why he's got so many blades all over him. And Michelle explained sense to me, <laughs> your lungs are oxygenating your blood all the time. Michelle oh, explained the reason his name is extreme is because that's what he becomes extremely angry, extremely powerful and extremely dangerous. <laughs> Just corny, oh. but it's busy as a so I'll excuse it. <laughs> and Michelle's power narrow tap. She needs to lock eyes with you and then bad things happen to you. It's very Dracula hypnotism sort yes. of thing. Yeah. So there's, Adam X fries everyone. They try to go pick up the pieces. They get some exposition from uh, Neurotap. And then they go back in their little spaceship. And they're not happy. Um, and they get back to their spaceship with Cable's body slide. So he transports the entire team. Ooh, there's a fashoom on a monopia, which is fun. And we cut to the lab where we see uh, Chad's crush. Um, I love Cannonball. He's so hot. So there's a, there's a place called Foundations, which has been established by someone named Martin Henry Strong. And this is a character Nisiezo will pick up a couple more times. We'll talk more about him in a moment. But Cannonball and Siren are undercover and uh, like trying to sneak past the doctors into the lab. And, uh, you know, they're pretty sly. They've done this before. And my favorite moment in this entire book, when they get into the lab, they find a whole bunch of test subjects. Uh, so there's mutants being actively experimented on, but also Farrell's there. So Farrell agreed to go undercover and they find her hanging on the wall. And <laughs> she's so funny. They just flashes to her. They're like, oh, there she is. We found her. And she goes, and it's about time to. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you guys. <laughs> I didn't know that Siren was a part of this team. I was very excited to see her. And it seems like Sam has had a glow up. I thought that, I think I learned from you in one of your podcasts that he was not, didn't start out a looker, like big ears, big nose. And now he is. He was like a gawky teen sort of thing. Famously, and... Bob McLeod drew all of the original New Mutants as just very normal looking. And then they all got super hot like a few years later when other artists took over. Yes. Um, so that happened to Cannonball. Um, uh, we get a scene straight out of Tatooine from Star Wars where Extreme is tracking the team. And uh, I guess they've taken a break to camp. They, He's got like this hover thing. I am so confused by all the hovercraft that are that it, this book. It's contains. the it's the early nineties. Wow, wowzers, wowie. Well, and Cable lives on like a, a celestial ship that has all kinds of technology. It has a long X Men history in it, 
extreme i'll cover this super briefly but his origins very quickly and these are not revealed for decades but cyclops and alex or cyclops and havoc uh their parents were taken into space where the emperor of the shiar killed their mother harvested a baby from her which became the character vulcan but then used her dna and spliced it with shiar to create dozens of like shiar uh human babies and then he sent some of them to live on Earth under the rule of Davin Shikari or Eric the Red. So uh, Adam X has grown up, I think he was artificially aged, uh, doesn't know his origins, is connected to the Summers family, but has kind of broken away from this Shi'ar cult and is now joined or allied himself with this guy, Martin Henry Strong. This is like his early origin, but uh, something of a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason why he's doing mercenary work is he, this dude is promised to tell him more about his past. And he references coming, you know, some stuff. He's from a different planet that I keep reading as Chlamydia, but it's like Clotharta or something. There's a C-H apostrophe T sound happening there. I truly do not know how to pronounce this planet's name. Shashafra. No. <laughs> Hence chlamydia. So he, he's back. He's on Earth. He's allied himself with some dude testing mutants so that they don't have to be mutants anymore. So he's spying on the team, but little does he know there are more hovercrafts um we have some star wars speeders so many uh, with um warpath richter and shatterstar on them um and they ambush him and he's trying to toss blades at them and they at least these little hovercraft have very small windshields but somehow all of adam x's blades hit the windshields and not the person bulging up from all sides around it <laughs> Now, Nisi is, a, and I'll just point out one piece of character development, although there's a lot. He works in little characteristic things like Boom Boom chewing her bubble gum in the back, you know, all the time. But he famously wrote Richter and Shatterstar as a gay couple, but was never allowed to say it out loud. So you get like little panels where Shatterstar is actually impressed by Adam. And uh, Richter goes, a compliment coming from you, Star? Someone write down the date. So these like little couple interchanges between them. You have to kind of read between the lines and look at them consistently. But you can find it for this uh, famously queer couple that comes out later in comics. In X-Factor, when they kiss. That was a fun issue of X-Factor. It was. Um, so Shatterstar takes point on trying to beat up Adam X. And they're like, oh, you're not so bad if you were on my planet. And Shafter takes this as a challenge and goes at it. And they're like, don't, we don't actually want to kill him, Shatterstar. Or perhaps just like conks their heads together to knock them out. A real power move by him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just picking them up by their heads and smooshing them together. Yeah. Um, Warpath is the violent as needed voice of reason all the time. <laughs> I, you guys, so huge. my show is uh, not on these characters yet, but I get I love these characters, they have my whole heart, I love them so much. And uh, this is where um, Extreme sort of settles down and is engaging in dialogue with the team, yeah, and uh, trying to seek their help like a it's mutual like, aid i don't really want to be doing what i'm doing if you can help me great like here's the situation and x-force is like yeah we can help you there's other mutants that are in danger and it sort of ties in with our other mission 
and extremes uh, carrying a lot of weight here so martin henry strong has promised to help him because he has like this prophecy or this promise that he's going to destroy all mutants unless he can find his purpose he's he's carrying a lot like he needs to find the secrets of his origin uh and you'll see this in his next several appearances the rest of the team is at cable's aircraft um and trying to put things together where um what is her name? Neurotab. Neurotab. We get her backstory. Yes, Neurotab's origin story. Where I didn't realize she was as young as she is. I mean, she's seventeen, six. Something yeah, she's, like that. She's a woman of color who had to take to the streets after her powers activated. There's, I would actually this this character's never shown up again. I actually would love to see this character again. I think there's some depth to her that's really impressive based on just one appearance, which Nisi is a, so good at doing. He just he gives us just a little bit to care about them, and then you hope they come back. Oh, Farrell is seventeen. That's who the one I was surprised at how young they were. Oh. Um. So she wound up going to this place because. Uh, I mean, it was a refuge, I guess. A place for people who didn't want to be mutants because being a mutant had cost her so much. And she falls in with Adam X and there's a funky panel of them kissing. <laughs> Their mouths are open, but like not touching just next to each other. It's... Well, you don't know what's happening underneath. They're reacting <laughs> to other things. Um, <laughs> he has a very funky eyebrow. He's got like a Namor eyebrow. Yeah. They go to the same salon. Yeah. Um, go back to the previous page just for one second. Okay. And this yes. is uh, this is one panel that I could I could talk about a lot of these panels. We get this story about how she turns to the street. She's living in Denver on her own. Look at this final picture of her. She's in like a beret with a braid and a jacket with like a Mickey Mouse emblem on it. Just this panel. She has like aligned herself with some sort of like punk anti-government cause that has a uniform there's like a black panthers energy about it and it's not even mentioned it's just one single image mm -hmm. this is what i'm getting at there's like a lot to explore with this woman i think she's really fascinating good catch on that in terms of the changing art style because it is just i'll put together two pages for her whole story leading up to where she is now and it's good iconic looks like there's the glowy eyes from her powers activating there's her clutching her bag staring at this facility and you get like the facility and her um from a few steps back it's and we find out that martin strong wants to change dna so there will be no more mutants ever again yes now, there's about That's eight characters with this plot line that are trying to eradicate the mutant gene. One thing that makes him unique is that he himself is a mutant. And we soon learn from Cable that he uh, Strong is also receiving funding from Project Wide Awake, which is the government program that sponsors the Sentinels that Sebastian Shaw works for. So uh, Cable basically calls him a race trader, right? He's, uh, he's not only working against mutants, but he's trying to cure mutants, and he's working with people who are killing mutants. And it's... Um... Wide Awake is a carryover from an X Factor plotline, I believe. It's in a in lot the, of X Men books in the '90s. Yeah, there was a little. That is a nice tie-in in one of those. Like, check out this issue box. So Adam X is on the back of a Lamb Speeder, um, or a swoop bike. It's actually a swoop bike from Star Wars, and uh, they get back to base camp and. Um, 
And Cable is like, number one, I know for a fact that Strong is a mutant, which means he's a traitor to his own kind. And number two, we deal with things on a much more permanent basis than X Factor does. Yeah. So as it like zooms in on his very angry looking face. Back at well, and X Factor at the time were the mutants working for the government, going on mutant cause missions, which involved like registering people for the Mutant Registration Act. Again, Cable had a, this is a Cable was right era, and like Magneto had his Magneto was right era before this. Oh, <laughs> oh, Bell Cooper, love her, love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, Foundation's headquarters. Uh, Teresa and Sam are getting dressed. So did were they banging? They might have been banging. I don't see the two of them banging. You know, maybe a quick casual thing, but Sam is like very dedicated to one woman at a time and he's with he's with Tabitha right now. Uh so uh, they are um maybe just changing over from lab lab wear to formal wear and they're talking about the mission and this and Strong has walked in on them. Martin but also Henry's strong. But also they had to leave Her- Farrell hanging in the lab overnight. They're like, sorry, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, he strong knows what's going on. He's figured it out. He, Siren gives him a full sonic blast and he is unfazed. And this cannonball age. Yeah. And Cannonball blasts again, um, nothing. And all Strong does is catch him by the necktie and whips him, um, using the own force against him. Crashes him into Terry. Thumb foom on the onomatopoeias. And he's super angry. Strong gets, like, super naked. Um, All these effects. uh, The only thing that's been effective of Sirens and Cannonballs has been against his clothes. So he he's just left in some um, rest, blue wrestling trunks, and he just grabs Sam again and throws him into a wall. Now we learned from Cable earlier that Strong is a mutant, and what we're meant to believe here is that he's this massive, like seven foot black guy with thick muscles and like impenetrable skin. He calls it adamantium proof. Later, uh, we also get mentioned after he knocks Cannonball and Siren out. The lab guy's like, uh, "Feral attacked us, and we had to like knock her out with like six trank darts." this is so small but it makes me laugh really hard it took at least was it two lab guards to try and move her and then they still had to sedate her and it barely worked (laughs) and then we so strong then gets clothed um cannonball gets unclothed though for chad's enjoyment it's Um, so siren and good for her yeah um so they strip them down to their underwear and strap them in like their hands and their feet are in these metal cylinders like apparently you do i don't know that's gotta be so uncomfortable for your ankles Mm. um and feral is not though like they didn't contain her in the same cuffs where she was previously you'd think that they would after she scratched up two of the lab people super bad but no she's got like a collar thing and that's about it and she goes after strong she goes feral yes and i need to remember that it's feral and not tigra because her hair feels at those right angles like an f 
has right angles in it as a letter. Okay. I, I like your mnemonic device. I try. <laughs> and again, Fabian had a lot of stuff he did with the characters. Farrell has a thing that when Fabian writes her, when the more upset she gets, the worse her like Bronx Latina accent comes out, which is a thing he does with her. So when she gets pissed, suddenly it's like, oh, you're going to make it. Like, like you can see, I'm not going to try to do the accent, but you can see it in the dialogue. Whenever he writes her really angry, he'll devolve her into like her Bronx, Bronx accent more. I love him so much much <laughs> that's a good character development moment so great and she goes after strong he punches her um walk and strong, also, strong also reveals here that he had a son and a daughter that were taken away from him because uh they didn't want to be like you get the idea that his ex-wife didn't want her children to become like mutants when she learned he was a mutant the team is outside of uh, the foundation headquarters and they have a plan um adam x is going to be a little double agent and how he's going to do it is he needs to bring in some some cop mutants he needs to bring them in so that they can then do their thing from the inside it's and, his, it's his ticket back in and it's odd that he has to fry them so like they're like okay fine like slit our arms and zap us but at your lowest level please it's the extreme version of punch me in the face so i have a black eye and then they'll think we yes like (laughs) do they give off little wisps of smoke after they get fried like why can't they just pretend to be knocked out he goes up to the guard tower they flash they're like who's there and he's like it's me extreme i've walked all the way from phoenix with these two yeah um, which he gets questioned about in the next scene. They're like, what What happened to the cool car we gave you? And he's like, well... It, what happened to the person you were actually sent to bring back? And he's like, it crashed and she got away. But so, I got these two. But I got these two. And um, both of them have nice dumpers on them. So <laughs> um, here... And he throws... Is that really a thing? No. Um, and then he throws them on the ground. Which, I mean, you have to stay in character. Yeah, but also like rude. <laughs> poor Boomer and Richter just tossed. Um, and strong, it, strong, if I may, he recognizes yeah. Richter and Boomer, uh, and this is tying in again. These are this is like the mercenary team. Early on in X Force, they fight Juggernaut and Black Tom, and the World Trade Center explodes. This is not nine eleven. Later, they explode a Shield substation when they're fighting War Machine. So he goes, my sources have informed me that they are called X-Force and their leader who had been thought dead is named Cable. They were part of that incident at the World Trade Center. Also, they were apparently involved in some problems with shield, with a shield, excuse me, with shield concerning a space station. Their file reads like a particularly hectic episode of Dragnet. <laughs> that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boomer or Boom Boom and Richard wake up. They use their powers and... Then the rest of the team body slides in once they get the signal. And uh, a fight ensues, but Strong and his scientist, what's the scientist's name? Does he have a name? Oh, it's like like Eduardo or something. I'll find it. And Emilio, his name is Emilio. Emilio. So they go off running. Um... Cable's like, we've got him cornered. We'll charge after him. Yeah. Help us on an ambush. And it is. And the door slides shut. Um, very villain-esque. As 
a cable then is like i can get through barriers and um it it doesn't work and uh, it, it's very 90s it's very uh, green goop green goop and cable shooting at things um with his gigantic guns oh but it's not your buddha, buddha, buddha. no it's fakathum oh so they there's a lot of talk about just destroying the whole facility bringing the whole thing down but there are so many mutants attached to basically the infrastructure of the labs that if you destroy it you'll kill them yeah so um and cable notably says the days when i believed in burning the village in order to save it are over yeah, so he's he's signing on the making the decision. We're not going to tear this down. We're not going to kill all these people just for the sake of ending this one villain. It will not be worth it. And and extremes like you guys suck. You wouldn't have survived one day on planet Chlam- chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like oh, Adam X gets them through the door. Yep. And then the they're like, oh, I wonder if this is an ambush. And the John comes out. It's like it is. And he decks Cable, sends him flying. And he's like in a harness now, strong. Also like a boom. The um, biking bibs where you got like the, the shorts, but also the straps that go up. Like a leap. So almost. he chose this moment while he's getting ready for the ambush for a costume change, which Correct. I can appreciate. And the whole team, we get Richter's clap, and um, he gets an onomatopoeia. It there, Um, the team is all going after Strong at the same time, which worked out so well earlier in the issue. They thought they would repeat the effort, and um, and we get a turn. We do, but is it Adam X? No, it's neural tap tap. And this neural is a very rogue story. She hates being a mutant and doesn't want to be a mutant and strong promise to cure her. So that's why she's been rounding up stray mutants to be experimented on. <laughs> and to pay for the medical bills for her family. Oh, that's a later reveal. We'll, we'll save that for the end. Um, so she zaps the team and they sort of go down. And then it's just sort of strong versus cable. Yeah, and um, Extreme sort of comes into the fight again, and Cable uses some sort of fancy knife, like well, an ionic molecular blade. Yes, it can cut through this. Only adamantium could otherwise have cut it. Armor, so strong is bleeding, and Adam X is like, ah, I can do my thing, burn, and strong explodes. There is a panel of just goop flying everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, that's graphic. And we get the big reveal that Strong was not quite so strong. He's a mutant that built a shell. In an exosuit because he's serving fish. He is serving fish. (laughs) And his mutant power. So he's like a little diminutive guy who has like fish fins or like uh, flippers at the end of his arms and legs. He's a little bit helpless, but his power is like hyperintelligence. Uh, and we don't know exactly what that means. Is it like Sage? Is it like Forge? But he has established this entire like resource network where he's trying to cure everyone of being mutants instead of just curing himself, which is a very 
supervillain story, but it's based in like personal insecurity. I have a lot more to say on this guy, but I'll save it for another time. I, I, I <laughs> Daryl, maybe you and I need to do a Patreon on Martin Henry Strong one day. Yes, that'd be enjoyable um, because I need to see more of him and his fishy ways. And the team is reunited, so we get Fearless. And this is, like, I just have to point out really quickly, when they find him, it's a weird turn on, like, the Wizard of Oz. It's like the man behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> like, they slash his suit open, and there's a guy inside. Anyway, go ahead. And he's real messy. Um, the three who were trapped, um, Emilio set them free, and... Oh, Cannonball has some striations. Yes. But not to the extreme of losing change down there like Namor. Yeah, yeah. There's no couch cushions in his chest. <laughs> um, it, Cable is given a nice moment as team leader to talk about, sort of wrapping up the story, um, that the... I'm trying to... Um, so let, let me take this for a second. Cannonball and Siren come out and they have a conversation about how it's not right to choose a mutant status at birth. It's not right to decide if they're being human or mutant because they should have the opportunity to choose it for themselves later, which is very much a commentary on parents who choose the sex or even assume the sexuality of their children before birth. There's a lot of children who are intersex, who their parents assign them one specific gender. And it's not stated directly here, but that seems to be subtext. And I know how Nicieza works in a lot of these types of things into his scripts. And it's very, very smart. I must have read this at 15 for the first time. And I that nuance certainly did not sink into me, but it allowed me to see this world of mutants and then like later translate that into real world experiences. I think it's a pretty powerful commentary actually. And one you rarely see in the mutant dialogue. Very true. Um, Emilio is, I, I guess they're trusting him to do more of the right thing with the lab and maybe heal people i don't know I, yeah I, I finished this very late at night so dear listener i apologize yeah, and we we learned that neurotap uh the reason one of the reasons she's been working with them is when her powers activated her family went into comas they're in ve like vegetative comas and strong's been paying for their medical care so there's more to this character that it's not just the betrayal uh, she's trying to save people she loves yeah it's the reason for the betrayal like she was still beholden to strong and then we get a uh, we get Cable turning to Extreme. Are you planning on coming with us or what? And Extreme says, "Are you asking me?" And Cable says, "Not really, but you can come anyway." And Extreme's yeah. like, "Later, I gotta go find myself first. But I like this alliance. It's a it's a neat moment between them. And uh, the last page is basically an advertisement for for Strong's facility. Yep, he's Adam Max is having an emo moment walking through the woods. This paper blows into his boot so he picks it up and reads it and he chucks it behind him and casually just flicks a knife over his shoulder and, and sticks it to a tree there's a shink and a think and a flop 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 um and, and it's him walking more, away from what he's known and ready to move to something else a uh, character yeah. journey begun and for more on extreme see x-force number 29 so um uh, coming back he's coming back we get pinups of domino which is such a table from her that i'm used to yeah i'm used to her like monochromatic and 
not bulky armor, and this is very big, bulky. Oh armor. yeah, it's nineties domino. I love. Um, it, we get cable, and then cable and Deadpool. That cable image looks more like Strife. He's like he's mm. dark. It's great though. And then yeah, cartoony cable and Deadpool, and then this last one, the team shot. What has happened here? On the left, we have Cannonball, kind of in this like sunlit mountain. And then on the right, the rest of X-Force is off on their own, kind of staring off on the horizon. But there's oh, a moment happening between Tabitha and Farrell here. Farrell's like, like, uh, oh my God, talk about Black Cat's like deep V cut like that we talked about in the other episode. Farrell's like fully open chested here, but she's like bowing dramatically in front of Tabitha, who's just staring and is so pissed. Something happened right before this picture was taken. I don't and, know. It, and it, I am not surprised at, the style or proportions because the artist on this is Larry Stroman. And Warpath is just twice as tall as Feral. It's so good. Richter I has love a, this picture. Richter has a um, green bodysuit. Yeah. So, and Shastar is like, I'm looking, but I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I thought this was a pretty good issue. It would make me want to read more X-Force. Oh, I just realized uh, on the top of that image on the right, you see Cannonball looking off in the horizon. And on the left side of the panel, it's like the reverse angle. Oh. So we're, see we're seeing Cannonball from one side and then it's flipping the angle to show the team down the mountain behind him. Interesting. Oh. I'm fascinated by this image. I think it's incredible. That Oh, that makes so much more sense why the colors are flipped if you're the yeah. is different. I uh this story we've we've done three annuals together you guys this story is so good in comparison with the others it's so dense there's so much to mine here I know we went long I tried to keep my thoughts censored but I love 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 this issue it's really good um and you can see that unlike the other two annuals this one is integrated within the overall story I feel much more so that this is really playing into what X-Force is and is invested in continuing outside of just this annual. So it is doing its job of drawing readers in and selling them on the title and saying, hey, you want more of this? Hey, issue 29, it's coming up and you can see more extreme. Whereas the other characters that we covered with you, Assassin and Annex, it it really just sort of shut the door on them, even though Annex, I mean, Annex got eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the annual didn't set that up. It, it just said, Hey, Annex, he's sort of cool. Um, and then later it actually on, does set it up. If you read the Annex series, it's all about Adarko and Dr. Hillman Bartow and Annex's history with war. It actually does set it up pretty nice. I'm, I'm talking about the annual isn't referencing the future. It isn't oh, saying, I see. Sure, Oh, sure. you want more of Annex hey, there's this limited series. It sort of dangles it out there. So when the limited series eventually came about, you could be like, oh, I really enjoyed that character. I, I'm going to read this limited series. Whereas X-Force is really shoving the reader forward and saying, all right, there's more. Go for it. Um, Here you can find it by these issues. Yes, there will be more of the same of this. And so we did three characters together. I have to ask you guys, fuck, Mary kill assassin annex and extreme i'd probably marry annex um i also would marry annex he's a good guy same. <laughs> um I have, I have no interest in a robot so and a woman robot on top of it i mean yeah but adam, adam x I don't know what would 
Adam X scares me. I'm killing him and I'm going to marry Assassin because she is trained. Apocalypse programmed her as the perfect little sex robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I might, I might a fuck extreme. But he, but he, but he, he, but he'd have to take off like all the blades. Are you extreme enough for extreme, Daryl? Oh, oh no! (laughs) Are you ready for a trip to Planet Chlamydia? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cringe! (laughs) Well, uh, thank you once again, Chad, for joining us um, to go through another one of these annuals. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Um, Where can people find you? Uh, Gray Malkin Lane, P like podcast on Twitter, Gray Malkin underscore Lane on Instagram. And we're putting out regular issue reviews with professional creators on my show, as well as a monthly trial. You can find Daryl on a number of episodes, including the forthcoming at the time we record this uh, episode uh, featuring Marcus McDaniel and a previous one recently with Gordon Purcell. Uh, I love having you both on. It's great hanging out with you. It's great to see you both today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You- I always enjoy it when... And get very excited when you are coming on the podcast. Um, make sure to check out our Instagram. We will be posting images from this, including um, at least one thirst trap with Cannonball. Um, yes. X Factor Files podcast on Instagram. Um, you can find our merch. I should plug that. Um, I mean, that's a thing now. Art of Lucas is selling the design that he created for us, and you can get it on basically anything you want it, at t public in uh, art of lucas's t public store yeah it's really fun and and regarding this issue uh come for extreme but stay for feral it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely so uh, listeners we will catch you next time thanks for joining take care bye everybody bye, bye.